The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to the 750. I am your ORG Ochoa. He is your 75 two time Super Bowl champion, college football Hall of Famer, somebody who loves the hot, muggy weather that we have in the month of August. One and only, Tori Casillas. TC, what up? Uh, wait a second. Are you sure you're doing the right, you're doing the podcast with the right host? Because I did not say that. And I always like to go behind the curtain just a little bit when we do our podcast. Because that's what we are. We're transparent on mm-hmm. the 750. But, you know, it was me because yesterday I had last night, it was a late night. I had to move my son back to Norman for his junior. Hopefully it'll be uh, COVID less, I guess, less free, but I'm sure it, obviously not. But anyway, I was late. So I was like, let's, you know, let's start our show a little early because we're recording here on Tuesday morning. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you tell me that you got to, we got to delay it 10 minutes because you wait on your damn dog. I mean, I hate that because it seems like inevitably when I'm in a hurry, I let my dogs out. I said, just go, just go. I don't have time for you today. Yeah. Um, you know, my, I, I appreciate everybody who listens to anything I'm on besides my wife and parents, um, because they have to, uh, but anybody who listens to any of the shows I do, um, because they always put up with bear, like he invariably barks. Um, and I know that's unprofessional, but we're, we're trying, we're trying to get him to chill out. Uh, but yes, yeah, so Tony texts me and says, let's, let's roll at eight 15 and I'm walking the bear man. And we do, I was telling Tony, we usually do a lap around the neighborhood and everything in the world was so fascinating today. Every blade of grass. I, I mean, and then it's, it's all dewy cause of the hot mugginess. So he's getting all wet. You know what I mean? And then we come in here and I got a couch in the office and he's laying all over the couch. And so it's like, dude, I mean, you're cramping my style. Like, you know, uh, but he did go to the bathroom, which was ultimately the purpose of the trip. So um, well, that, that's good. Yeah. At least he didn't go in the house. And so, yeah, well, that's that's good. I will, on, I'm glad, uh, glad he's good with that. We're going to get to um, some Cowboys <laughs> topics, obviously. Um, talk about Monday's practice back at the star. Jalen Smith, who's a, a big subject uh, in Cowboys Twitter right now. But before we get there, Tony, uh, also to kind of peel back uh, the curtain just a little bit. Um, I'm not I'm I'm the rare person who loves the NFL more than college football. Obviously, you're one of the greatest college football players of all time. Um, Another greatest college football player of all time was released by his NFL team just now when we started recording the Jacksonville Jaguars released Tim Tebow just now, Tony. Mm. So um, so ends that experiment. So how surprised are you that it happened this soon? I mean, Uh, I I I thought I thought it was a great 
you know, sidebar, you know, with him and him coming back and trying to get back in the National Football League, going back, you know, with his football dad and Urban Meyer. But I guess, uh, I guess a lot of people that are Tim Tebow haters that don't like his his polarization as far as a, a player and having a chance playing in the NFL and wasn't able to, you know, to have any longevity. I think there's a lot of people, <clears throat> excuse me, including myself. Not that I hate what he's doing, but I just think it was kind of a waste of time and really just kind of took away from guys that really had a realistic, uh, realistic opportunity to make a roster in the National Football League. So, uh, sorry for Tim Tebow. I think he'll be fine, though. I think Tim Jesus will be fine, and I say that in a good way. Yeah, I mean, my thoughts on it are um, I, I've never bought the let him play tight end idea because that's been around him forever. Um, my thought was always if he was ever going to make it, which was really, you know, a low probability, it was going to be as a quarterback, right? Like it was going to be at the position that he played. Like it never made sense that he was just going to show up and play an entirely new position, you know, when dudes have been playing that position, you know, for multiple years on end, certainly at high levels in, in different college conferences and things like that. And so, um, I mean, the circus of it all is obviously, you know, something that always follows him. And I think that's unfortunate uh, just because, he he almost doesn't have like an honest shot. Like he can't quietly try this. You know what I mean? Like it's unfortunate that everything he does is so polarizing, but that's just kind of who he is. I think he's a fantastic person. If he had a podcast, I would listen to it. Um, he's written some books I have. I mean, you know, I, I think he's a really inspirational, motivational person. Absolutely. Uh, you want to put him on the SEC next, uh, network. You want to put him on college game day. Yeah. I mean, like I, I, I firmly believe that like, I love that Joey Harrington's involved. Like, Go, go be, go be where you were great. You know, go be where you're appreciated. Like if I was Tim Tebow, that's what I would do. But um, yeah, you know, and I think, I think part of him and I, we'll get into the Cowboys is that I think he just, you know, sometimes you just got to let that dream go. And I, I think that that's the hardest thing to be able to uh, accept that. And maybe that's where, and look, I, Hey, someone's going to continue to give him an opportunity and he still has a burning desire, but, the tight end position now, the way it's evolved, the Kyle Pitts of the world. I mean, you were right. talking about the most athletic players on the team that are tied in six six and running four fours. To me, you know, obviously he doesn't fit that mold, RJ. So as you mentioned, you have an obviously opportunities. He's writing books and a podcast. I mean, he's a very inspirational guy. He's a person that I would recommend anyone looking up to you. To him and, and and we talk about it all the time role models that's the guy that you want your per your 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 son to to pattern like right i agree um and by the way um just looking at twitter uh, just so everybody knows the roster releases because again teams have to get from 90 to 85 players by 3 p.m central today on tuesday um the roster moves will be rolling out all day long so depending on when you're listening to this um just make sure you're checking blog on the we'll have updated lists for you in terms of who the cowboys moved on from um that's kind of a good note to start on an awkward note to start on i guess tony uh a great guy there's no doubt about this great person incredible person jalen smith and he has been a very uh, polarizing player um, almost since immediately being drafted by the Cowboys, but certainly over the course of the last couple of years. And he is he's a punching bag of Cowboys Twitter, for being honest. And I think people take it too far sometimes, like they let the meme kind of overrule the reality a little bit. But last Friday night, which is a Katy Perry song, I know you know that, Tony. Um, uh, last Friday night... He 
Boys. I know Roar. Yeah, that's one of my favorite songs. I think it's on the same album. I, I think. Yeah. Um, but incidentally, I'm not afraid, old man. Old man like myself, look, listen to Katy Perry. I mean, I'm all I'm all about that. Check I, this out. My she's, kids are in that generation. Yeah, so I, she's I have an excuse. Check this out. She sang Roar during the Super Bowl 49 halftime show, which was in the same stadium that Jalen played in last Friday night. Look at that. Oh, look at you. Uh, yeah, okay. Look at the, the <laughs> uh, things I have in common there. Um, but so Jalen was not good. I would and, just say, I would say this: if Jalen could play as half as good as Katie's Perry could sing, right? Yeah. Then he would be, he'd be earning that sixty-three point seven five million dollars that they the and Cowboys you know, for, extended. For anyone who doesn't think or who thinks what Tony said is a joke, I'm pretty sure, certain. I didn't think we would be talking about this. I'm pretty certain, Tony that Katy Perry has the most songs from a single album to hit number one overall on whatever it is, like the Billboard Top 100, you know what I'm talking about? I, I believe her she has the record for most songs from a single album. I believe she topped Michael Jackson's Thriller album with most songs with, uh, to reach number one. Well, so. I, could, I could fact check that right now, but I think that you're pretty... <laughs> I, I'm going to give you... She's been quite successful, but I don't know... I don't know if her, her nemesis... Uh, Taylor Swift. I think yeah. Taylor Swift may one upper, but that that sounds yeah. accurate. She's okay. made a ton of money and a ton of hits. <laughs> so back to Jalen. Um, great guy, seriously. But last Friday night in Arizona, not good. Uh, highly, highly, highly recommend everybody go read Bob Sturm from the Tick of the Athletics. Uh, great article on him, really on this one play uh, where J it's so obvious that Jalen either is just and and to be fair, we don't know their assignments right like we don't know what Jalen was, was specifically assigned to do on this play uh but from what it looks like Jalen is out of position is isn't reading things and is slow and we're, we're right now Tony again we're this is a day where the Cowboys have to make roster cuts like if Jalen Jalen's not getting cut like I, I don't know why people think that but um this is this is more of a regular season conversation this this guy, as, as great of a guy he is, as inspiring of a guy as he is, as much as the Jones or whoever love him, he cannot be seeing legitimate play time for the Cowboys. Like it, it, it is actually, he's actually a hindrance to them on the football field. And I know that that subject gets old and monotonous for people, but it's, it's starting to really show up because if you're not, if you're not at your highest peak in August, I mean, what's it going to look like in November and December? I think that uh, I think we've seen Jalen Smith kind of react to what's around him. And I think Micah Parsons is watching him. And look, I don't like to get really excited because it seems that now that we watch quarterbacks and it's like play one preseason game when you're just, there's not, it's not good on good. Oh, Justin Fields like, looks amazing. Yeah. Oh my God. And so all these quarterbacks, I'm like, just wait a second. Okay. Um, but Jalen Smith has been in the league for what is this? His fifth year, fourth, fifth year. So this is, his, this is his fifth year because of the red year. shirt year in 2016. So it's, it's his fifth season. So he's had the experience. And I think that this is a decline of what's been around. And when I say that, Michael Parsons to me is just watching events instincts and just everything's fluid. Everything is a natural reaction. It's just everything just happens naturally. And then you add Jabril Cox. So I think there's a lot of pressure. And I think that those guys fit. Dan Quinn's mode as a linebacker as opposed to Jalen Smith, who was kind of this, all right, let me just go and just make all these plays and let me blow stuff up and guys in front of me. I mean, I've always said this about the athleticism. It, it, you know, you cannot coach instincts. I mean, right. that's just got to come be a natural reaction. And I think that he has just gotten 
I don't want to overanalyze it, but I think he's really the, maybe the lack of confidence and didn't try it. I always thought that he was a guy that tried too hard. And, it, yeah. and that will penalize you. I mean, when you, when you try so hard, when you're just – you're so worried about making a mistake. And, you know, again, this is a guy that's – you know, you mentioned had a red shirt his, 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 his rookie year, fifth years in the National Football League. I mean, this is, he shouldn't have these issues with the reaction part of it. And I think that's always been his – is his worst enemy because we've seen that because he's always seeing something that's not there. And, and that's the, the worst thing about a player mentally. If you start seeing, we always said the football ghost, if you see things that aren't there, that you're, that you're making up and you, and you just, you're thinking too much about what the play is going to, what the ending play is going to be instead of, you know, overanalyzing it like you do, but just reacting to what you see. And I think that that's a pure example on him. I think maybe he's lost confidence. I think that he's just not a guy that really um, understands the game right now. And unfortunately, uh, the expectations, as I mentioned early on, you're making that much money, RJ. You got to be a playmaker. You cannot be a casualty. Maybe he's going to be kind of a kind of a casualty of, of what he's not accomplishing because of what the Cowboys have went out there and, and gotten linebackers and defensive help in the offseason. Yeah. And look, Cowboys paid him. They can't unpay him. Right. I mean, it was, you know, whatever, but fine. Just because he paid like that's, this is the Cowboys are not good at this, Tony, uh, in saying, okay, we paid this guy. That's a mistake. We're just going to let him be there. We're just going to let him be an expensive backup. That's what he is at this point. He's just a really expensive backup linebacker. That sucks, but that's the reality. Um, I want you to put something in context. Um, because you've been there, you've done it. I mean, you know, so you you could speak to this more than most people can. But the Jalen stands that exist um, that, that you know, and look, I think that's awesome that there are people who, you know, who ride for him that way. But the thing they always rely on, Tony, is that he leads the team in tackles, that he led the NFL in tackles, whatever. Can you contextualize how, I don't want to say meaningless that is, but it's not meaningless, but that, you know, that isn't an indicator of, you know, incredible linebacker play that he's just leading the team in tackle specifically. Well, and, and I, you know, I've said this before, he was the best you know, tackler in the NFL 10 yards down the field. Right. And I remember, I remember my, my thing in my third year in the national football league at Atlanta Falcons, I had a 52 tackles. Well, I was out there uh majority of the time. So I think that you have to, you have to kind of analyze and, and, you know, numbers can be misleading. Right. Okay. Um, but how many of those plays should be for maybe a one yard, you know, one yard, two yard game, or right. how many of those you had the opportunity to make a tackle for loss and yet you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. And you weren't able to, you know, that play that it should have been, you know, yielded more in yardage ended up being eight or nine yard uh, a game. So I think it'd be misleading. And yeah, I think that, the first two years, his first year in a national, it's a great story. But now we're over the novelty of the great story, the comeback story, whenever he set out the first year and the Cowboys stuck a flyer on him and a risk because he had what happened in Notre Dame. And those days are over. And that's what people forget. I mean, it's an amnesia type of league. People forget about what you did yesterday. They want to they see – they want to know and they want to see what you can do today. And I think that that's what he's – He's seeing right now because I think the game has like kind of moved on with them and he's still he's still regressing. He's still having a hard time absorbing what this defense and what his role is supposed to be. 
Yeah, I've said for years that the fact that we are able to sit here and complain about him is a testament to his own will and drive to get, you know what I mean? That, that he, he beat the odds. He defied the odds. He, he's a, a medical miracle. And that is awesome. And that, I mean, he should forever be elevated for that. Uh, but you're right. Like talking about who they are right now, people are, are, are ready to talk about who they are right now. Uh, before we get to Monday's practice notes, Tony, um, I did also want to ask you one other thing. Um, you, you mentioned your time with the Atlanta Falcons, obviously the team that drafted you. Micah Parsons isn't doing it all the time, but he is calling the defensive plays at, at different times. How difficult is that for a rookie? I mean, like, cause I, I, I don't know that that is the impressiveness is, is fully being caught on by people. I think the uh, the IQ when it comes to playing the linebacker position because you got to see so many things and you know for your for a guy that's uh, didn't play a senior year at Penn State and now being able to come to the National Football League because all of a sudden I mean you're there's a lot to absorb I mean that, the part about the National Football League is yeah the physicality of it is difficult but it's the mentality of it the men, the mental aptitude that you got to have and for him. That's just confidence. That's just, as I mentioned, I mean, there's so many guys that you can see. And look, I don't want to overact, but I think the linebacker position is a little bit more, is more easier. That's, yeah, it's more easier to analyze. I had to think about that. It's kind of early in the morning, but let me uh, correct my grammar. Um, It would be a long show if I had to correct my grammar. But uh, anyway, I think it's, you know, for him, I think it's when you have a guy standing in a huddle that you're looking at, and he's a rookie. And, you know, they have a young team. I mean, there's a certain responsibility that you got to have and a little moxie that you have to have, but there's a lot of checks to be made. Made There's a, there's guys that you have to, you know, get, you know, read formations, make your calls, strength and, you know, strength of the formation. So there's a lot of things. So to me, that's the, the hardest, the biggest hurdle to overcome your rookie season. And back to, you know, Jalen Smith, I don't even think that he's gotten past that right now because it's not an instinctual thing where he can see those type of things early on like a Micah Parsons. And so, to me, that's, a, the, that's the best comparison to do right now. I mean, it, you don't want to be a liability when you're out on the field. As a rookie, it's like you want to make the things. You want to have the trust in Dan Quinn. And, man, I like the whole – I think that's the best part I liked about Hard Knocks is it seems to me they have a pretty good relationship. And Dan Quinn's kind of old school and, 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 and kind of vogue, you know, the way he coaches. But there's a lot of responsibility that you have to have and really a lot of trust. And I think that that's the biggest thing that showed up because it's not too big for him. The game is not too big for him right now as a rookie. And it seems to me it's come really, come really easy for him. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I agree. On the subject of Hard Knocks, today is Tuesday. We will have a live show on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel after episode two. Uh, we will podcast that conversation for you as well if you're unable to watch uh, either live or after the fact. Uh, but yeah, seeing Dan Quinn is awesome. We'll get to see a lot of things this week. Some actual um, game action. They kind of sped through the Pro Football Hall of Fame game as I fight through a sneeze. Man, this is it's been a tough morning for me. Go ahead, uh, hit the mute button. No, I got, I got it. I beat the it. Snooze button. You know, like oh, we the, already hit the snooze the, button this morning. That is such but a the satisfying. Sneeze, the sneeze button. <laughs> that is such a satisfying <laughs> feeling when you beat the sneeze. You know, talking about when you when you make it go away. Um, so I hate that though. It's euphoric when you're able to sneeze and you can just, you know, it's like going to a chiropractor. I don't know about you, but man, I could sneeze loud and I can just adjust my whole back because there's such a violent thrust when I sneeze. Well, Neville Gallimore doesn't like to violently thrust in his sneezes. He, uh, he likes to hold it in. Uh, Neville Are you Gallimore- one of the silent ones? No, you- <laughs> I'm not, but, um, I mean, I don't know what, when I had, after college, my very first place I ever lived in by myself before uh, I met my wife, I was um, like I had my my washer and dryer were like adjacent to the kitchen and they had these kind of sliding doors. And I was in there and I was about to sneeze and I, I was turning because I had paper towels like right behind there because they were in the kitchen because I was going to get a paper towel to catch myself. And I turned and like my the force of my sneeze just threw me into the door because I was like right there and I slammed my face into the door. Um, and so I had like I had the sneeze aftermath and then I had blood because it was like my nose got smashed. It was so ever since then, I've been a little bit scarred, um, you know, and I've been that sounds like a late night party when you're in, in college. I, it was, I, I it was like 9 a.m. I wish I wish yeah. that it was oh, a cool um but uh wow but anyways there's 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 the uh the 750 version of the sneeze and we could break that down and do like different elements and, you know, right whether you know who's going to be your fantasy sneezer this year but back well, to you know back to the whole <laughs> back to hard knocks the best thing that the, the the greatest thing or i think the best part of that was the fact that I don't think dudes know how to wrap gifts. Maybe you're those one of those guys that can wrap. And, but I, I, I got to give props to Zeke because I think he represents a lot of males that can't wrap, and that's exactly the way I wrap. And he's wrapping his boy gift back, you know, for his birthday. But man, I just wrap it up, and all of a sudden I'm like, dude, but it, you know, symmetrically the paper. I just get impatient. So that was my best part of hard knocks. Yeah. You always, you get a bag instead with the, t- no, no pun intended oh, the, with, the, with the tissue paper. Um, the huge gift bag. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what you do. But um, <laughs> you, he's a, a gift wrapper, but an actual rapper is Kelvin Joseph, boss man fat. And uh, he had an interception in Monday's mm-hmm. practice. He had an interception. There was a flag on the play. So, you know, take it for what you will. Uh, but Monday's practice was a positive one for the Cowboys. Tony, it felt like after the Friday night game, it felt like the sky was falling a little bit. Neville Gallimore got hurt. Sean McEwen got hurt. Malik Turner, Ty and Secchi. Um, actually Ty and Secchi getting hurt is, is really kind of a sky is falling thing because the Cowboys right now don't have a swing tackle. Um, but an important, two important things emerged from Monday's practice and from Mike McCarthy speaking on Monday. First thing first, uh, Mike McCarthy said that if Dak Prescott doesn't play this Sunday or Saturday, excuse me, against the Houston Texans, that we will not see him until week one against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they will not play him 
next week in the third preseason game against the Tim Tebow list Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, you agree with that? That's smart. Like, do, do you, are you one of these people who thinks Dak needs to play, you know, eight snaps in the preseason or you think he's fine? Man, I don't know. I, I hope it's this injury. I know it's all about precaution. It's you know, limiting his, uh, you know, it's his pitch count and his throwing count. And, but I, I just don't, I think a lot of people out there that are kind of on the fence with, about Dak, this really just kind of feels that uh, confidence that they may not have it. And then, and hopefully it's not a, an issue with this velocity and growing. I think you get the reps in, in practice and, you know, the, the preseason games, yeah, the, what's the, now the, there's only, there's four for them. There's only three during the preseason. So you got to get some of your reps. Um, and I think that's the nature of the national football league. Now is you get these preseason games, it's going to be interesting to see which team is mentally prepared for week one, you know? And, but I, I don't know. I, I, I think that he's, I think he'll be fine. Um, yeah, uh, when he goes, you know, gets ready for Week One against Tampa, I'm not going to try to read into it too much. But I always felt like your quarterback, you want to give him the reps. Um, but uh, you know, it's something that you know, there's there's a lot of things. You know, I, look, I think I'm, I think Dax can be fine. I think there's other phases of the game that you need to be more worried about. And I don't think a lot. I don't think people listen to our podcast. They don't need to worry about Dak because he'll be fine. Um, you know, things that I like, did like about yesterday's practice, we got to see Malik Hooker for the first time. That's which right. Is, you know, which for me is this, I'm worried about the secondary. <laughs> and I think, I mean, I, I really, I, you know what? I mean, and, and that's this after last year, it seems like this has been a common thing around here that we've always had this, you know, we, we, we just didn't know what the secondary was going to be like. And that was always been a concern. So it's good to see him out on the field. I uh, got a chance to see Amari Cooper catch a few balls. Um, but, uh, you know, those are the things for me when I look at the defensive side of the ball, I want to see these guys get some reps. I mean, it, as far as just getting your timing and really just getting into the mix of it, to feel like you're connected to, uh, you know, your defense and the, the team, you really just want to be part of it and really just getting out there and getting in the mix because, you know, that's when they have to have some continuity. And the, the first continuity they're really going to get is when they play t- Tom Brady and the defending Super Bowl champions. <laughs> yeah. So um, the secondary is going to be a concern, right? Like it's, I mean, there are, these are, I'm not trying, I, I'm excited about Malik Hooker. Let me say that first. Uh, but everything that we're kind of talking about, like there's, there's not a Micah Parsons that's coming to, to help the defense. And this past weekend, it was kind of a bummer. I love Micah Parsons, and I'm, I am very ex- I'm more excited now than I was when they drafted him, obviously. Um, but it did hurt Tony on Saturday to see Patrick Sertan get a pick six uh, for the Denver Broncos. And yeah. uh, on Monday, actually, PFF released their grades for all rookies throughout the NFL after week one of the preseason. The highest graded rookie was Patrick Sertan. Um, so, uh, but Osa Adigizua was number nine overall. Yeah. So Cowboys defensive tackle wearing number 75, doing you proud. Yeah, um, Represent. yeah exactly. But, um, so yeah, I mean, we have to acknowledge if the, like, 
this is the Achilles heel of the team. I mean, and which puts more pressure on DeMarcus Lawrence, which again was great to see him back on Randy Gregory, who was back practicing too, on Osa Digizua. Osa maybe had the most impressive Cowboys play against Arizona where he just tore through the defensive line um, like a knife through butter. I don't like that saying that much. I wish I hadn't said it actually. Um, I don't think that's like, I don't ever put a knife through a butter stick. I don't know if you ever do that, but. Uh, well, it just depends on the, what the temperature of the butter. But I don't like. On what it- I, I really hate when you go to a restaurant and you get the bread and they bring you the little little sticks of butter. And oh, then, the condiment and then, stuff. Yeah. No, but like oh, yeah, it, the it's oh, like the, yeah. the little block because that it's always cold, so it doesn't you know it doesn't like smear onto the bread, and so then it's just like a piece of of butter on the bread. But anyway, just like melted and uh, melted butter and garlic. But, yeah, uh, I mean, you know, it, 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 we're simple men. Yeah, I mean, I'm very simple. You know, give me bread and bread and butter and garlic, man. I'm all good, and then. You know, give me some uh, listening for my breath. But uh, so I, I really, the preseason to me, I just, as a player, I never really got excited. I knew what I had to do to get me ready. I knew what my role was going to be. Um, you know, people, last time I checked, you know, the preseason, I mean, really, we even care how many games win the preseason, but you can go freaking undefeated and, you can lose the first five games of the season. So what does that even mean? You know? So, so on that subject, I don't know if you know this, Tony, the Baltimore Ravens have won 17 preseason games in a row as of last week. That's right. Oh, I saw that. I, th- and, I did. I did. hear yeah, that. Like and you're, you're out here disrespecting the preseason. Like it means well, nothing. If look, they, I, if they win I, this week, they, they tie Vince Lombardi's Packers for the longest uh, winning streak in the preseason. So no big thing. John Harbaugh, you think he really cares about if they win another preseason game? I don't think he cares, but I absolutely believe that he will give a speech this week that, or he'll talk about Vince Lombardi's Packers and how he thinks like this is, this team is, is just as good as them. Or I don't know, like there will be some, some so. coach speak involved. I think. I, I, don't, I don't think so. If, if any coach ever gives a, a speech like that during the preseason, he needs to be fired. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean, look, here's the, the whole thing about the aspect is that when you have good on good, your ones versus the ones. Okay. You know, whatever that dress rehearsal game is now, I guess it's going to be what next week. I mean, only got well, so know, that's two weeks. That's an interesting thing because now yeah. you, you I mean, mentioned what game it. Are you gonna use, yeah, what, there, what game are you, what's going to be your dress rehearsal week when all the stars so, get most of the reps? So there are three preseason games now. Although the Cowboys are playing four because they play in the Hall right. of Fame game, but there's three, and there's a bye week after the third preseason game. So you could treat the third one as your dress rehearsal because you still do have the extra week to have everybody rest and relax or whatever. But based on what Mike McCarthy said, how if if Dak doesn't play against Houston this week, that he's not going to play next week against Jacksonville, it seems like this Saturday is the dress rehearsal for the Cowboys. He said that he's always viewed the fourth preseason game. Again, the Cowboys are playing for, so maybe he's looked at it through the lens of of a more normal preseason um, as the opportunity for that's. Next week against Jacksonville, you know, Tim Tebow won't be there, but the legend Ben DiNucci will. That's going to be the Ben DiNucci game, you know, in spades. Um, All but- I'm reading about ben DiNucci is him throwing Aaron, Aaron passes. And, uh, you know, I was reading what happened you know, last night about the summary of the practice. And, you know, he's fired an inside slant. Only he, the ball was broken up by uh, 
Uh, well, Kelvin right. Joseph had the pick off of him too. I mean, so at least yeah, at least Ben DiNucci has given a lot of you know confidence to some young corners. Yeah, Nashawn Wright, he batted the pass, and yeah, that's another good to see him out there, but you know, in the mix too. But uh, all I hear was ever read about him is like throwing Aaron passes, and I mean that was a nightmare. But anyway, I, you know, back to the whole preseason. Um, look, I think that that's that's going to be that you got seventeen regular season games this year. I mean, that's a long season. Right. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with this first. And, you know, what the, the, the good teams are going to, they're going to evolve and they're going to be good and they're going to be mentally ready. So there, there shouldn't be any excuses. Again, you know what you need to do to get yourself prepared. I mean, the rookies obviously don't because they have this is their first year, first season. Is it that if they make the team, you know, they have to adjust to that. But mentally, I mean, right now, that's when you start getting the reps and, Okay, I need I need 15 plays to get ready, 20 plays to get ready, live ammunition, one on, you know, good versus good. And let me get the confidence, let me get some film work. Let me make sure my body's sweat because they're not going to be in hitting shape. We already know that. They don't hit enough during the regular the preseason. Right. They use that the first month of the season to adjust to get acclimated to it. So one last subject here today. Um, that is related to the preseason because this is a time to to get ready to test to experiment um, and so the Cowboys have been doing that so my lead into this this is not apples to apples but I want to ask it anyway if I mean how comfortable would, would you have been if like all of a sudden in the middle of your career they said hey Tony we want to play you at end like how comfortable would you how confident would you have felt in yourself I mean you have I confidence in yourself but no, I, I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have been very confident at all. It was just not an outside guy. It was not a long guy. It wasn't a guy that liked to go off the edge. Right. I mean, it's, it sounds great because you're not in that chaos in the middle where it's just you know people hitting you from every every angle and every side and just right. coming from everywhere. But no, I wouldn't feel very comfortable with that. All of a sudden, they told me they're going to switch me to the end. So okay, again, this is not apples to apples, but. Um, it's not even really apples to oranges, but I wanted to ask it anyway. Like I said, Connor Williams, the Cowboys have been trying to experiment with him at center um, to be their backup center. And so this has led to a lot of confusion. To be clear, Tyler Biotish is the player the Cowboys traded up, granted in the fourth round of last year's draft to select to be their center of the future. Um, okay, cool. Awesome. And Tyler Biotish hasn't even played a full season you know, because of injuries and whatnot. Um, but Tyler Biotis is the unquestioned center. Besides Connor Williams, the Cowboys have another player, Tony, another Connor, in fact, Connor McGovern, who played center in college, unlike Connor Williams. Yet, somehow, some way, for some reason, the Cowboys have prioritized Connor Williams as the backup center to Tyler Biotis. Connor McGovern isn't even the third team center. Matt Farniak is the team's seventh round pick out of Nebraska. Um, so there are a lot of questions here. One is why is Connor McGovern, you know, third round pick? They spent a third round pick on him. You know, why are they not utilizing his potential flexibility? But Connor Williams at center is a disaster right now. There are again, this is the preseason. So if, if you're gonna if you're gonna tinker with it, you're gonna toy with it, now is the time. But I don't, I mean, and that was the other thing. Mike McCarthy came out and said the first team offensive line left to right is Tyron, uh, Connor Williams, Tyler, Zach Martin, Lyle Collins, just like everybody, you know, knew and, and believed. But 
why i mean i i don't know why the i mean may, and maybe they're calling it quits but this was this was a really weird experiment especially because they're ignoring conor mcgovern i think it's probably just because of his ability to make play calls at the line of scrimmage for one i think your center makes all the calls all the fronts does all the checks he's a communicator on the offensive line so maybe it's a maybe he's very he's a very smart guy um, obviously, you're right. I mean, he can't. And I, it's funny because I was, he's talking about the transition from guard to center. He said the worst part is being able to hike the ball. I mean, that's the hardest thing. And people think, oh, it's easy. No, it's not. You know, with your other, especially in shotgun, because it's all like muscle memory. And if you're not used to doing that, like golf, I mean, if you're making a bad swing all the time, you're not going to hit the ball very well. But if you're making a somewhat muscle memory swing, then you'll have a better chance of making contact and minimizing the bad shots. But as a center, I think that's the most difficult thing. But I, I, I think my the thinking for them is like, Connor Williams is a smart guy. You know, the, the other guys that you mentioned, the backups, has ability. He's, he's had experience playing. Um, but they have trust in him to be able to, when he goes up the line of scrimmage, he sees everything in front of me, sees, you know, where the linebackers, where the formation is. He makes his checks, strength, you know, and, and lets where the backers may be coming, what gap. And then, obviously, the secondary thing, which would probably be just the opposite, should be the first thing. And that's being able to execute the snap to the quarterback. So that's an interesting point. I think it was um, – I might be getting this wrong, but I think it was Nate Newton who said it on the uh, the Cowboys night, I believe is what they called uh, Monday night's practice uh, broadcast. Cowboys uh, night with Nate Newton, yeah. Uh, but, uh, I, again, I, it might have been somebody else, but I think it was Nate who said, I would rather have the lesser blocker if he's delivering a perfect snap, right? Like, I, I if if Connor Williams is a better blocker overall than Tyler Biotish, mm -hmm. I don't care. I would rather have Tyler yeah. Biotish be there if he's delivering a perfect snap. That, like, the, the play does not happen unless the snap is perfect. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that, and, that, and that can't be an issue. You, you can't, I mean, when you're going up the line, I mean, how many times have we even seen guys that have had chemistry for years at the bad snap? I mean, Travis Frederick, I mean, how many times that you don't see that? It's kind of an anomaly, but if that's the thing you got to worry about, being able to execute the snap, then that becomes a mental, you know, that, that liability there. And the fact that you're depends on what you're trying to accomplish down in distance. I mean, this there's got to be able to have some, you know, some some continuity there and some chemistry. And to me, that's a most difficult thing. Yeah, and I do not want to see Connor Williams play center really ever again. But certainly with Dak Prescott at quarterback because watching him in Arizona, there were multiple times where Garrett Gilbert yeah. had to dive on the ground to, to get the ball that, that Connor didn't snap properly. I don't want to see Dak diving on the ground. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I hate to see that in national football league. It, it's so to me, it's like pop Warner. Okay. It's like, you should never see a professional athlete botch a snap like that. Yeah. But it, right? it's not easy, I mean, but know, that's he, why if, if he's not good at it, don't make him do it. Okay, well, what are the choices? Well, Connor McGovern. That's that's okay, that's the well, choice. Maybe Connor McGovern. Maybe Connor McGovern doesn't feel comfortable with making the calls. I mean, he's, all he wants to do is get the play called. Like, okay, I'm going to count on beat Otis to, to you know if he's healthy. I mean, that's the question. I mean, what is going to? What's the health of him? I mean, what is he going to be able to? Is he going to be ready for week one? It, because I mean, they got to have a backup plan. 
And Connor Williams, what are you going to do? You're going to go out and try to find a you know sign you know, the backup center. I mean, you got to one of these guys has got to be a swing man inside to be able to take that position. Right, and that's what Joe Looney was. And so you know, but Connor Williams, you got to give him you got to give him a lot of uh, you know a lot of props. Yeah, I don't want to swing man, offensive tackle, offensive guard. And then now he's a center. I mean, here they're asking him to do a lot. The only negative thing I have to say about Connor Williams, and it's really not even his fault, is he went he went to the institution of lower learning in the University yeah. of Texas. You know, but that's you know, not everybody can go to Texas A&M, so it is what it is. Uh, so, so what you're saying is that when I said he's a smart guy, he's an incredibly smart and he guy. He went to UT. He just he's like oh, I don't. That's he, he has poor yeah. choices. He has poor choices in institutions of higher learning. That's that's all I'm saying. But I just I, think I just think I think it's it's so funny how people can, and not just not. I'm not saying that you're one of them, but people are like oh, it's so it's so easy to freaking yeah. snap the ball. It's not easy. And to be clear, go out there, go out in your backyard and take <laughs> take a ball when you got freaking eleven guys in front of you, where you're sitting there and you got to make calls for your franchise quarterback protections and all of a sudden you got to hike the ball through your legs and it's got to be a freaking bullet strike in his, his hands i mean that's so i want to be crystal clear my i don't even have an issue it's, it's really just like a wonderment my wonderment isn't at all with connor williams i think it's admirable that they said hey we want you to try center and he said okay hell yeah i'll try i'll give i'll give it my best shot i totally believe he's absolutely trying i'm i'm you know I'm incredibly supportive of that endeavor. However, it is the Cowboys coach's job to now look at that and say, you know what? This is not working. This is, and that's not it, to keep him doing it like that is not even fair to Connor. You know what I mean? Cause it's only setting him up for failure. And so I admire the, you know, the try, but you mentioned, okay, so who do you have? Go get somebody. You know what I mean? Like if that's the move, if that's the, that's the, the move you got to make. You got to well, do how about the stability. How about the stability of the center also when blocking, like in when it, it, it not to say it's an easier position, but how many times we was like, well, if there's this freaking just push inside, we, we talked about, you know, your center has got to, you got to be an anchor there, right? You're going to get help from your, your guards. And then we're going to you know, call combo, you know, different you know, blocks or anything, but it's still got to have some confidence. And the guy just can't just get, this rolled over. Okay. So that's another thing. I mean, that there's too many, there's a lot of things that go in the stop process. Totally. And I think he's probably the, the, the guy that's more suitable for all that because it's easier to play guard. And I'm going to tell you right now, the, the guard position is probably the easiest position to play on the offensive line. Without a doubt. That makes sense. I mean, you know, tackle is its own monster and obviously center has an enormous amount of responsibilities. And so there is, my, my point is the my overall point here is the the average Cowboys fan looks at this and says, OK, Connor Williams isn't doing well. What are the other options? Well, Tyler Biotis is the starter. OK, you're experimenting with Connor to be his backup, but that's not necessarily working. So why don't you try somebody else? Why don't you try the guy in Connor McGovern that did it in college? But to your point, Tony, maybe there's a reason. And and obviously the Cowboys aren't going to divulge that reason, but that's that's everybody's natural sequence in their mind is to say, this isn't working, but we have to have an option. What about Connor McGovern? But it seems like that is not an option either. So the whole point, I guess, is hopefully this situation doesn't come into play and that Tyler Biotis stays healthy all season long. That's that's the the question there. And whenever, you know, hopefully he stays healthy, he can, he'll be ready to go 
week one, but uh, now we're starting to talk. I mean, we still have some time until that the whole thought process, even if that even is considered. Um, well, so that about does it, Tony, for another edition of the 750 Hard Knocks. What is what? Bear, Bear want to go outside again? I don't think so. He's been quiet this whole time, so I really don't want to <laughs> count my chickens or anything. But Yeah, um, I'm excited about it. I don't know what's going to happen in Hard Knocks. I hope there's a little bit more. I guess the Graham Reaper will probably who, – who's going to be the guy? Tony, who do they allocate the guy to have the players? I hate to say this, but that's the, the whole emotional part of being an NFL player is having to – the whole playbook and they haven't really talked about that. I don't know. I don't remember if they ever talked about, they haven't had any cuts yet. So right. this and is, this week will be different. This is actually an interesting um, wrinkle. It's not interesting because people are losing their jobs and that's, that's not an interesting thing. Yeah. But, it's not, I hate that. It's, right. It, there's but, 90 guys that, you know, and you've got 53 spots. So. Right. But so normally, business. No, normally we don't see any roster cuts on hard knocks until the last episode. You know what I mean? Because like this is a new thing that the NFL is having them cut from ninety to eighty-five, oh, and then right. to eighty. So and, and so we'll get cuts this week. We'll get cuts next week. And for anybody who's unaware, um, Hard Knocks is is a difficult television show to pull off because of this. Because those cuts, I mean, they haven't happened. At, we're, we're finishing recording here. It's nine fifteen in the morning, uh, Cowboys time, Central time, and so there are no reports of any cuts right now. So those cuts are going to happen today. So NFL films has to turn around the footage of those players getting cut and squeeze it into the episode and get everything cut and set in under an hour or whatever, and give it to HBO today. So it can air tonight. That's what makes the show truly unique compared to other television, even other reality shows is that it, it it's, it's that fresh, that recent. And so like to that point, you know, right now, if the episodes, I don't know, 58 minutes, they have to save like six or seven minutes I, I find this fascinating. Maybe you don't, but, but I, well, no, no, I was just laughing. I was thinking about the highlights of the, the first episode and I was thinking about the mojo and I was thinking about Jerry eating that. It looked like that. Was that a breakfast sandwich he was having? A lot of people the, made fun of me for this. I thought it was a burger. It looked like, um, it looked it, like a double cheeseburger. It, it was a McGriddle. Uh, so, um, it was, yeah, yeah, it was a McGriddle. Did you verify that? Yeah, we have verified it. Actually. I, this is another question. Have you ever been in the Jerry tower in Oxnard? No, I haven't. Wow. I think I did see you tweak that out about the McGriddle. Yes, I was it verified. Look, it was it looks so gross, dude. Uh, <laughs> it looked disgusting. I'm like, it's all wrapped up. And he, uh, yeah, I guess it was, a, I, I really couldn't tell. I guess it was in the morning because he was having, a, he was talking to Jim Bauer. I guess they were talking about his, you know, Dak. But uh, I just don't, I think it was kind of corny. I, I think that you had to have some drama the way it's produced. And I think, unfortunately, the, there's got to be that guy that's like, is he going to make the team or is he going to, you know, I mean, there's got to be a little bit of human element of it. And I don't, I, maybe the first hard knocks last year, we didn't see, I mean, they had the, the cold, they had the, they had the right. Rams did, and, and the chargers. The, the chargers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, but yeah, I think this week we'll get to see the one thing before we leave today, you got to mention Connor Williams and Aaron Donald. I got to give, right. I got to give, I got to give Connor Williams some props for standing up to that man. To me, he has gained a hell of a lot more respect from me that he's never had. And look, he slammed his ass down. So don't take any you-know-what from anyone, hey, even if they are the greatest of all time. I agree. Man, there's a lot of action. And that that's what makes this this season so weird already is they like every episode has had a lot of stuff because tonight we've got the Rams scrimmage 
Uh, we've got, you know, they're still going to talk about Dak. Uh, yeah. They're, they're going to talk, um, obviously, the Cardinals preseason game. They got to show us the injuries that happened in that. Amari Cooper and Demarcus Lawrence getting taken off of Pup and being back. Um, and then whatever cuts that happened today. Uh, so that's a lot of, you know, it's going to be some some high octane action. What are you going to eat while, while it's on? I don't know. Hopefully not a whole lot. I'm trying to watch Dude, my weight. Come on. Get, you we had this have... conversation last week. I know. Hey, don't, but... don't be a bad influence. My okay. Wife, here's my what wife you do. And I, we got, we got, uh, she's got, she's got wedding goals. I got, you know, old man goals. So, so don't. Here's what you do. This, this is the move. I, I've done this before. You get a plate of fruit. That's what you do. You get like some cut up strawberries, some cut up bananas, some grapes, maybe some cantaloupe. Um, and then I you love s- cantaloupe and I love yeah, watermelon. Exactly. So you put some watermelon, you know what I'm saying? And uh, maybe if you want like some something crunchy, like some animal crackers, that's not that bad. It's all fruit. All right. Animal, animal. All right so I'm going to mispronounce this. Pardon my spit. Tanine, do you ever put that? Do you ever put that on your on your fruit? Oh, uh, the the chile you're talking about. Yeah. 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 But it's oh, tanine, yeah. What's it? Yeah. That is that is something that I have to have on my, all my fruit. Yep. Not do only that. your margaritas on the rim of the glass, but dude, try that. I'm serious. Some, some people say that margaritas are liquid fruit. Yeah. No, no. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a spice. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, there you go. But you know, what's a spice? I'm, I probably mispronounced the name. It's a neat. Is it, uh, how do you, you don't want the, the spicy salt of the, that goes around the rim pepper. I, yeah. I don't pronounce the name. I just ask for the chile. That's, you know, that's the okay. move. That's the veteran. See I, don't, right there. see, I must be going where all the gringos go. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, but my point is, is I try it. I, yeah. I, I'll, I'll look at the, the the proper spelling and I'll tweet it out. I'll, I'll tag you. But yeah, man, you got to try it on everything. Well, make a fruit plate tonight for Hard Knocks. It's going to be a good time. Uh, Tony and I will be back. What are you going to have? I told you a fruit plate, but I also got to keep it light because fruit we got plate. the- Come on. Well, we, got the, we got the live show afterwards. I don't want to be eating oh, heavy and right. then show up to the live show and just be, you know, be a mess. You know what I mean? Like I got to be presentable. Yeah, I was already unprofessional with the the bear situation, so I got to be. That's your best. That's that's your best work when you're, you know, when you're just full and you're just you're full of you know what, man. So hey, go ahead and do it. Be great, Um, everybody. (laughs) We will be back next week. This was the seven five zero.